0: Hi everyone, it's Melissa Pemberton here, host of Mending Families, where we will talk all things parenting, trauma, and healing. Hey everyone, it is the third Monday in November and it is still National Adoption Month. And so today I have my friend Hannah LeBoll on to talk about her adoption story as well as invisible disabilities, which is something we don't hear a lot about. So I'm excited for this conversation. But first, I want to make sure that you know that this Friday is Black Friday. Saturday is Small Business Saturday. Next Monday is Cyber Monday. And next Tuesday is Giving Tuesday. And I have special deals for every single one of those days. Yes, including Giving Tuesday. So if you want to be the first to know about some of the amazing things I'm going to be offering on all of these special days upcoming, you've got to get on my email list. Those are the first to know. I will then post on social media. So if you have no desire to be on my email list, totally fine. Then follow me on social media because that will be the next way. If you want to be on my email list, just go to my website, www.mendingfamilieswa.com and subscribe to my uh, bi-weekly, it's about twice a month emails that I send out and that will give you the inside scoop on all the things upcoming. Okay, enough about that. Let's jump into my conversation with Hannah LaBolle. Hannah LaBoule, my friend, my confidant, Hello. my neighbor. How are you? Oh, good. Happy good. to be here. Yay! I'm so excited that we finally got this scheduled. Yes. Yay! Yes. So fun. Um. So we have some big things to talk about today. Yes. But
1: before we do that, can you introduce yourself? I'm Hannah, and I am married to my husband Andy. We've been married for 10 years and, um, he's the best, he's the best partner ever. Um, and we have two kids. Finn is 15 months and Eli is five and we own two businesses. So I've been a photographer for like 15 years. Mm -hmm. Um, and one of the best.
0: Oh, thank you. (laughs) You have, you have done many a photo shoot for me and my family and, you're amazing. Oh,
1: thank you. Um, no, it's just, you
0: know, a little side note
1: <laughs> and <laughs> then, um, we also own a coffee shop that is like a shop. We roast our own coffee. We bake delicious things. So, um, that's so us. if, if people are familiar with the
0: mm, Spokane slash West Plains area, yes
1: where can they find this said coffee shop? Yes. Our <laughs> coffee shop is in Cheney, Washington, and it's called West Plains Roasters. Yeah. I just have to say Fridays are the best day to go to the shop because we have cake by the slice on Fridays and yes. cake is always a good decision. I mean, who does <laughs> it's like
0: fry yay because there's cake, right? <laughs>
1: so true. So true. <laughs>
0: So exciting! Okay, yes. awesome. Um, so, Hannah, I also know about you that you are a nine on the Enneagram. I am a nine wing one. So, tell Very me nine. about like how did you <laughs>
1: figure that out about yourself? Yes. Okay. When we first learned about the Enneagram, uh, people were like, "Go oh, take this test or that test," and I mm-hmm. I tested and I'd be like nine, six, four. And I was like, this feels confusing. But mm-hmm. as soon as I read the book The Road Back to You, yes. as soon as I read about nines, I was like, this is me. And I cried. Oh. <laughs> um, because it it's just totally me. And it made yeah. so much sense. And um, I definitely have a one wing. I can like put my one pants on and get mm-hmm. things done and and make lists. Um, But who I am is nice. Yeah, those
0: pants are a little tight, so you have to like take them off when like they they're not start my to, preference. Right? Not
1: your not your favorite <laughs> pair of pants. Not my favorite <laughs> pair of pants. And sometimes they get stuck on, and my yeah. Andy has to be like, hey, yeah, uh. take those <laughs> pants off. Oh, awkward. oh. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, so why is it helpful for you to know about your Enneagram? Like how do you use that? Yes. Um, I think I heard this from that book, The Road Back to You. Mm -hmm. They said essentially, if you know more about yourself and more about those you love based on their Enneagram number, it's just a tool to help you know yourself Mm -hmm. and therefore help you know God better because Mm -hmm. God is our creator and He created us all and how beautiful we are, that we have these different numbers that are so different mm-hmm. that are really necessary for the different things that happen in our life. And it's just a really beautiful picture of our creator, I think, in
0: yeah. the way
1: he made us. So, um, it has helped me understand myself so much. Mm-hmm. Um, nines have the second lowest, uh, capacity of mm-hmm. all the Enneagram numbers that feels very true. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Andy's a six. Mm. Yes, he's a loyalist. Club. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he's a loyalist and um, battles with fear and anxiety, and I was like, I don't even know what that feels like. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that was like so helpful for me to understand. Right. He's actually like the most courageous person I know because he's overcoming fears all, all day, time. Yeah. every day, and I need to have all the compassion and give him the space to have his fear. And then yeah. we move forward. So Yeah.
0: It's funny. So John is a one wing nine. So yes. you guys are in the same boat ish. Yes. Um, and I'm also a six. And so it's yes. funny because when you say that it, it literally, there'll be times where I'm like, um, John, so when we were driving on that, that windy road, were you thinking about like what we would do if we drove off the road? And he's like, well, no, why never. would I be? Thinking? And I'm like, Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I did. And I have six <laughs> solutions to what we would do if we drove up
1: the road. Yes, yes. Sometimes Andy will take me down those paths. And sometimes <gasps> I just say, you know, I I love you. Good. I'm actually not gonna go there with you. Yes. Hey.
0: Hey. That is so funny. That's just you know yeah. how a six is. Are, and it's yeah, just who yeah. we are. But listen, you would want to be with us if your car drives off the road, cause we will know exactly yes. what
1: to do. It's very true. <laughs> very true. Yes. I have you on speed dial. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So much fun. Okay. So
0: let's now talk about your adoption journey. So yeah. tell me about that. Like, how did yes. you get into, I know you started as foster parents.
1: Yes. Um, so, so how did you get into that? Yeah, so we knew a lot of other foster families at the time, um, one of which was my sister Meg, and Mm -hmm. she and I are really close, and I lived with her before Andy and I were married, so got to really encounter foster Mm -hmm. care up close, And we, uh, really take our auntie and uncle duties very seriously, but pre-children, I mean, still now, but especially pre-children. And so we just felt very invested in their cases and their lives. Mm -hmm. And, um, Andy and I were on a five to eight year plan for after we got married for starting a family. And so, um, around year five, we were like, ah, man, I'm not sure we're ready for forever. Like, mm-hmm. not really interested in adoption, not really interested in um having a biological child. But we felt like, man, once your eyes are opened mm-hmm. to a need, it's hard not to feel like, oh, I could be part of helping a child in their story. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I decided for me, one of my non-negotiables was I wasn't ready for a kid to look at me and say, you can't tell me what to do. Cause you're not my mom. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, okay, so no, no talking children yet. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Somehow, I'm honestly not sure how I convinced Andy that babies were for was, us. Yeah. Yeah. So we discharged our first placement from the NICU and, um, And that's how we started our parenting journey. And Mm -hmm. so we had, um, one placement, our first, who we still are in contact with today. She was adopted by her biological aunt and uncle, and we feel so lucky that we've gotten to follow her story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then Eli, um, was our third newborn placement and, um, we also discharged him from the hospital, mm-hmm. um, kind of a crazy story, but he was in the NICU for five weeks and we got to mm-hmm. do his cares during that mm-hmm. time because, um, they just didn't expect him to stay in the NICU for very long. Mm-hmm. Um, and we brought him home and they said, you know, he's not going to stay. This was like October. They're like, he's probably not going to stay till Christmas. There's mm-hmm. so much family Um, in the area and involved who are interested in being his forever family. Mm -hmm. Um, and so kind of don't, don't, don't consider this a long-term option. So Christmas passes, he's still with us. Um, and he was in a lot, like had a lot of appointments and therapies. And so we got to meet a lot of his bio family Mm -hmm. and, um, through that, they realized that his care was just too much for them and it wasn't mm-hmm. going to work. And so we got the honor of his grandparents who um, have placement of his older brother mm-hmm. um, and have since adopted him. They came to us and said, we we want you to mm-hmm. adopt Eli. Mm-hmm. And um, that was like just just amazing. They were like, yeah. Um, his biological family, both mom and dad are Russian. And so there's a really big cultural element for us. And so his babushka came to me and she said, um, I just, I feel old. I feel like I just want to be a babushka. Babushka. Yeah, You know, she's like, I can't, I don't think I can do this. And I was like, that's okay. Mm -hmm. That's okay. You can be his babushka. Mm -hmm. So we have a really, really special relationship with them. Um, So Eli's case started in 2017. We were um, right at the end about to have a term trial when um, COVID shut down the court systems. Yeah. So um, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but COVID shutting down the courts basically in so many ways, like paused cases for kids oh,
0: for long
1: periods of time. Yeah. For, for yeah. the court, for Eli, it was closed for 11 months. Yeah. Yeah. So we went from, he's almost legally free parent parental rights, um, have either signed an OAA or have been terminated to nothing Yeah, for 11 months. And then during that time, jails were letting out a lot of people yeah. in an attempt to not continue to spread COVID. Um, and so for us, that meant that one of Eli's parents was, um, released early from jail mm-hmm. by like 14 months, like a, mm-hmm. a long time, which then really changed the, his case again. Yeah. The case. So time. after. It's going one way, then the courts are closed and the courts are reopened. Then we have to reestablish this parent being unable to care for this child, which then meant visitation started after years of no, vis- like, yeah. it, it was really hard. And we walked through like just Eli's trauma, walking through so much of our own secondary trauma Yeah, uh, at this point, we were, you know, almost four years in we were like three years into the case yeah. and basically yeah. we're starting over, over. Mm-hmm. so it was devastating and just very hard to watch this sweet boy that we love and is part of our family um doing all these hard things um but we were able to um sign an oaa with one of his parents and then um we adopted him just after his fourth birthday so okay So it was a very long journey. We were Mm -hmm. licensed for five years. We had one placement after um, Eli that um, got to be with a long-term family who's on the road Mm -hmm. to adoption with him. And then we were able to have him. Mm -hmm. So a long, hard,
0: long, hard road. So, um, and then, so then you adopted and everything was great. Right? Yeah, you know, everything was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> All of our problems dissolved. Just, yeah. It was just like, ah, the angel singing, right? Yes.
1: Yes. No.
0: So tell me Absolutely after not. adoption, like what did that look yeah. like?
1: Yeah. So for context, Eli was adopted um in October and I gave birth to Finn in December. So mm-hmm. at his adoption, I was very pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um and um, I, one thing I didn't know that I, I wish like more people talked about was that post-adoption, you can actually walk through postpartum depression as mm-hmm. if you just had a baby. Yeah. Um, and I was very pregnant and having so many emotions just from my pregnancy, yeah. um, that I look back now and realize like I was in, I wasn't in a great place post mm-hmm. everything. Cause it's kind of felt like, you know, these years that we've just gone through, it's like done, but it's not, not done. done. Like, yeah. We haven't dealt with that. Like <laughs> we yeah. just went through a crazy, crazy thing and now we can breathe yeah. because, you know, it's, it's done in a way, but, but really it's just the start. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we went through a really, really hard that year. Four to five was really difficult. Yeah, and I think that that's really common for any kid. Just a lot of changes are happening yeah. in their body, in their life, school. You know, things new like baby. that. New <laughs> baby, new baby. Yes, and then yeah. you add like a a new baby, and mommy can't do all the things that you been doing before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so um it was really a tough season. And mm-hmm. um what really helped us, um we did what I call a TBRI refresh. Mm-hmm. And okay. um Andy, um his stepmom, she was like, they're doing um, I think it's called the Empowered to Connect conference. Yeah, yep. I think it's yeah, called something so- else now, but at the time it was okay. Empowered to Connect. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so um they were like pre-recorded sessions that mm-hmm. their church was playing over the weekend. Yeah. And so she's like, do you want to go to this with me? And I I felt like she really, really saw me during mm-hmm. my like postpartum days so well and was really supportive. And so for her to even you know, see this, and she's like, "It's about kids who are adopted." I don't really know, and then <laughs> to find out it's TBRI. Yeah. And, um. So I went down and got to have a great weekend with them, and I just refreshed myself. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think you, you know, we started TBRI. I think I took it from you first, like when mm-hmm. around Eli's was like eighteen months, maybe. Yeah, he was pretty so young still. Is, yeah. So this is three years later. Things are really different, you know, mm-hmm. his behaviors and situations are different. Um, and we had, I, I realized after going through that refresh, how many people in our life that we love and trust who don't follow things like TBRI and parent- yeah. very differently, similarly to the way that I was parented and my parents were parented yeah. and on and on, um, who just kept telling us like, you need to be harder on Eli. Oof. Like you need to have better boundaries with him. Like you need to have more discipline with him. Mm. And once you hear that enough times on
0: repeat, like, yeah,
1: yeah, because I am an enneagram nine. I'm mm-hmm. a yes mom. I'm a peacemaker. If I can say yes, I'm going to say yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, to hear that, just like from close friends, from relatives, from teachers. Um, I remember telling his teacher at the time, like you know, every behavior has an an unmet need behind it. She straight looked at me in the eyeballs and said, "I don't believe that. Ugh. I don't think that's true." And so then I'm starting Lord to- have mercy, myself, yeah. yeah. And and it just was like so many things that made us start being more tight and more strict and more like we need to have these firm rules and firm mm-hmm. boundaries. And quite frankly that like made made it worse. worse. Yeah. Because yeah. Because that doesn't work for Eli at all. Yeah. Well. Like yeah. some kids that might, you know, like make a impact for the short term, but like yeah. for him it just made everything worse. So we just felt like at that time we were like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. And it just was so hard. And then I this TBRI refresh. I talked to my do- my doctor about postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. I checked myself into therapy, mm-hmm. and it was like, okay, Ooh, let's yeah, let's move forward. And for me, like I like we're Christians, and I believe in in God and Him speaking to us. And mm-hmm. I just felt like God kept telling me right around my birthday. As I'm kind of examining like the hardest year of our life, I birthed a baby, mm-hmm. I adopted a baby, <laughs> like I'm mm-hmm. like the hardest work of my life. And I felt like the Lord just kept saying to me, you can't go around. Mm. You got to go through. Yeah. Like just peering through all yeah. these hard things in front of me and him saying, I know you really want to run around, but you have to go through. Yeah. Yeah. So, man. It
0: was a lot. I'm just going to jump in really quick and take a break from our episode to tell you about some of the services that I have to offer at Mending Families. I love to come alongside families and help them find healing and growth. And so if you are in a place where you're feeling frustrated, you are constantly anxious about parenting, and am I doing this right, and maybe even just feeling like you're pulling your hair out because your kids don't seem to want to listen ever... Reach out to me. I love to come alongside families and help them with these very issues. So check me out at www.mendingfamilieswa.com and you can find all of my services, resources, everything that I have to offer right there on my website. Also, feel free to reach out to me. You can DM me on Instagram or shoot me an email, melissa at mendingfamilieswa.com and I would be happy to
1: see if I can help. All right, back to our episode. But I feel like we're walking in the light now. Yeah. Yeah. Like we have tools and we're using them Mm -hmm. and we're constantly trying new things and figuring out what works Mm -hmm. um, and trying to just be what Eli needs. Yeah. um, And what Finn needs and what we need for ourselves. Yeah.
0: Yeah what do you, can you think of specific examples of like you're so glad
1: that you have TBRI in your back pocket yes yeah one of the things i constantly tell myself is i think you even posted this on a reel recently but you said um like 80% of behaviors can get resolved through playfulness mm mm-hmm. And I tell myself that all the time because a behavior pops up. And if I just like respond with an accent of some kind that (laughs) makes Eli laugh, chances are we're moving on. It'll keep moving forward. Yeah. Literally something turns into nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Just move on. And so I think that that is one, like a great TBRI place to start is just be silly and don't take things so seriously because a lot of times I think we ourselves dig in our heels and make things so much bigger than they really need to be.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: it could just be like, Oh, let's just make a funny comment or, Oh, let's redo that with some respect or mm-hmm. oh, let's try that again. And yeah. just, it doesn't need to be a big deal. It can yeah. just be small and we can move on.
0: Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um. So you mentioned like the some of the people in your life and even a teacher that were just kind of like, um, nope, you need to be stricter and there's not always a need and all of that. Um, how does the invisible versus visible disabilities come into play with that in your opinion?
1: Yes. Yeah. That's something I think about a lot. Um, So I have a visible disability. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a birth anomaly on my hand. It's called macrodactyly. It affects my right hand only. It causes um, my fingers, four of my fingers on my right hand to be larger um, due to a nerve that's enlarged that then made my fingers um, grow faster. I had surgeries all growing up and Mm -hmm. then into adulthood Mm -hmm. will very likely continue to have surgeries in my life. Um, but you can see, yeah, if for instance, if I needed help picking something up because my fine motor skills are really limited, um, you can see, oh, she needs help picking something yeah. up because she has a big hand. Yeah. <laughs> you might really yeah. not know what that is, you might not feel comfortable to ask, although I find when people ask, I'd rather yeah. have people ask. Yeah. Um, but you can see it with your eyeballs, yeah. Versus When you have a kid with like maybe sensory processing disorder, ADHD, Mm -hmm. um, autism spectrum disorder, fetal Mm -hmm. fetal alcohol spectrum disorder, Mm -hmm. these are things that oftentimes present themselves in behaviors Mm -hmm. or even in ways that culturally we would deem bad behavior Mm -hmm. or we would say, oh, that kid is out of control. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever it may be. It's like when you're in the grocery store and you see a child melting down and your yes. thought is,
0: oof. Yeah. They need to do better. Yeah. <laughs> that parent really oh, yeah. doing a good job, you know, or Get whatever. your kid under
1: control. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And either you put it on the kid, you mm-hmm. put it on the parent, and the parent. whatever mm-hmm. it may be. And when, when really it could be they have autism. They're on yeah. the autism spectrum and they're experiencing something in their body that they aren't able to express in a way yeah. that our culture would deem acceptable or appropriate. Yeah. And we, I know, I feel the stress of this as a mom of a child who has disabilities that are invisible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about it this, this weekend we were at church and, um, we ended up having to leave church because, mm. um, Eli was having a meltdown. That mm. was okay. It was okay. We had the day before we got to see Paw Patrol live with his grandparents. Oh
0: my, it was amazing. that's
1: amazing. <laughs> and she was like, this is incredible. Oh, and it was gosh. just like so fun, so but cool. it was extremely yes. overstimulating
0: overstimulating. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And that trickled in to the next couple of Mm -hmm. dates. Yeah. And, you know, some of those things you kind of weigh as a parent with a child Mm -hmm. with disabilities of, is it worth it? Is it not? I know. Yeah. And for us, we decided, yeah, Yeah. like this was a special thing we got to do with grandparents. Mm -hmm. He's obsessed with Paw Patrol. Mm -hmm. Um, he's like m- doing plays from the show, basically oh, putting on shows for us and that. it was worth it. Yeah. But then the next day he could not go to church Yeah, and church was too much and yeah. we didn't realize it till we were in it and we were, yeah. melting. and a lot of people at our church, we don't know. Yeah. And so I imagine, I just felt this, I felt this embarrassment
0: mm. of,
1: Man, are people just thinking I'm a terrible mom, mm-hmm. or like, what are people thinking as, mm-hmm. you know, having to carry my child out in a safe way, who's screaming, screaming, <laughs> and yeah. saying you're hurting me, which uh-huh. I'm not, but it yeah. probably feels like it to him yeah. because he he knows to use his words. Yeah. but he's using his words, you know, like we, we, I couldn't put him down because he wasn't being safe for himself or others. Yeah. And so, um, it was just on display the things yeah. that we, we deal with that mm-hmm. are just part of our life that we've worked through and learned from, but it doesn't mean their meltdowns aren't going to happen. Yeah. Um, and just feeling the weight of an invisible disability yeah. and just, I think I feel it too, when I think about sending him to school or, um, playing with other families and just hoping that they will see him for him, yeah. not for his disability. That is unlike what maybe people think disabilities are. Totally. Yeah.
0: Well, and I think about, um, cause our, our little dude is the same age and they're in school together. Um, but I think about even when we get them together for a a little play date, we both know like, okay, let's do 10 minutes and we're not going to push it because neither of them will be able to do longer, but we want them to be able to experience what it's like to have a play date. We want them to be able to have that. Um, but when, but when it's with somebody who doesn't get that who (laughs) then, then it's, it makes it a little bit more complicated. And so how do you handle that? Like, do you say something to those individuals or what does that look like for you?
1: Yeah. For the most part, I have to remind myself that if people are judging my parenting, that that's a them problem. Yes. That's about them. And it's not about me. Yeah. Um which is easier to say than, than to do. Mm-hmm, for <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um but that's that's the truth. Mm-hmm. And um and we surround ourselves with um safe places as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So safe friends who understand um where we're coming from who mm-hmm maybe you're okay if we're 30 minutes late because our transitions are really hard. Yeah. And so it took us a long time to get here, but we made it and we're all sane yeah. or <laughs> yeah. maybe families who have kids who have disabilities or cousins who have disabilities yeah. who are familiar with what it's like. Those are the people I'm going to invest in communicating what's actually going on. Sure. But yeah, the average person or onlooker at a grocery store even if they make comments to me, I don't justify. I just yeah. try and just protect my kid and protect yeah. myself and just let that be a problem.
0: Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Tell me what what does that feel like? Like what is the difference because you do have a visible disability yeah. and then you're parenting a child who has an invisible disability. Yeah. What what is that feel like what is the different feeling that you have in both of those situations?
1: Yeah. I think with a visible disability, my challenges are like, especially growing up where people would just kind of stare. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's funny as an adult, I think I get that even more so than what really? I really, if I really oh think about gosh, it, because yeah. kids are just like, why do oh, you yeah.
0: have a big hand? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, wow. kids are just very honest. Like, yeah. yeah. And
1: then, like, that's a great question. Yeah. I, yeah. I worked in a daycare when I was like 19 or something. And this, like, school age boy was like, Teacher Hannah, did your right <laughs> hand eat too much? <laughs> yes. Yes like that is a great question <laughs> um and so That's like so you just kind of take it for what it is uh-huh. yeah um but adults don't do that yeah. adults need to be better at just being yeah. like hey, what's up with that yeah like, it's no big deal if I if I don't want to tell you or I'm offended about that it's not because you did something wrong like you just yeah. asked and we're kind of mm-hmm. about it so Um, And I think then with like invisible disabilities, I think those are hard for people to ask about um, because they might not be able to put a finger on what they're trying to ask or what they're trying to say. Um, so yeah, it kind of presents itself differently, but I do think like as a mother of a child with invisible disabilities, um, just, I think we need to allow ourselves to feel the feelings of oh, I'm feeling embarrassed or mm. I'm feeling disappointed. Mm-hmm. I think disappointment's one that comes up for me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes I just want to be the family who can go to Costco on a Saturday yeah. Yeah. and get a piece of pizza afterwards yeah. and go play at the park. But that's a lot to ask yeah. Yeah. of my family. And that's just not where we're at right now. Yeah. But I have to allow myself to feel those feelings of disappointment Mm -hmm. and validate them. So then I can move forward and be the mom that my kids need me to be.
0: Yeah. So what would your advice be to the, our listeners who, um, maybe don't understand (laughs) invisible disabilities, um, or they're also parenting a child and they just don't know what to like, what's your advice for our listeners?
1: I would say for, um, maybe friends of people who have, um, you know, if you're a friend of a mom who has a child with a disability, just asking simply, how can I support you? Yeah. Or how can I make my home a safe place for you to be and your children to be? Um, those are just really really helpful things. Like I think about that, especially if you're like grandparents and your grandkids are dealing with this, like make your home a place that's safe for them to be or come to their home instead. Yes. Yeah. Which
0: I think is even better.
1: Yeah. It is even better. Uh (laughs) Because if you're in your, your kids are like, when Eli's in our space, it's a lot easier. Yep. And when we're at grandparents' house who have all these special things that are breakable.
0: And maybe too like, many toys and too many, it's overwhelming. And, and noises yeah. and mm-hmm. scents and mm-hmm.
1: like blow out all the candles. Yeah. Don't like it. Like, just like make yeah. things yeah. like, um, so I think that that is a huge thing that people who aren't parenting a child with yeah disabilities can do. can do. Um and then I think my encouragement to mamas who are walking through it like I am or even differently than I am but still a child with invisible disabilities just allow yourself to feel the feelings and validate mm-hmm. them and walk through because you can't go around. Yeah. Um and just keep learning because every stage is different and yes. what works one day Might literally not work the next day. Yeah. So using your tools. And also, like, I think if you have access to therapies like occupational therapy, physical therapy, speech, whatever it is, even feeding, like if you're like, my kid is so picky about Mm -hmm. foods, that could be a sensory thing. Yeah. Yeah. And feeding therapy can help with that. Yeah. Like if you're like, my kid will eat four things. Well, that could be a sensory thing. And yeah. you there might be a lot of help out there that you don't even know. Yeah. Just like allowing yourself, it's okay to have help. It's okay not to know it to do. Yeah. Um, and to lean into resources that are out there.
0: Yeah. And also like this is what I always say to to, to people is um it doesn't hurt to have your child assessed for occupational therapy or for feeding therapy, it doesn't hurt because the, the worst slash best, I don't know, however you look at it is they say, no, you're it's, you're good. You don't need services. Let's do a check-in in in six months. Great. But like, what if you're missing something? And
1: so it's not a big deal. Like just have it checked out. Yeah. If there's help out there that you could get, for it and don't yeah. let your feelings of embarrassment or maybe shame that maybe you're not the perfect mom or whatever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. let it go set it aside for it'll be better for you and for your kids mm-hmm.
0: yeah totally um okay so hannah we're coming to the end of our time
1: yes
0: i just have two <laughs> final questions for you that i okay. ask all of my guests yes Um, So the first one is, what do you wish more people? And we kind of have talked about this, but, um, but what do you wish more people would think about or ask when it comes to adoption or foster care?
1: Yeah, I think it feels really fresh for us still. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I think what immediately comes to mind is um, you're not a savior.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Um, That's good. Yeah. You know,
1: adoption is always a sad story. It starts with a broken family that doesn't get to be together. Mm -hmm. And there are going to be things that Eli needs that I will never be for him because I am not biologically related to him. Yeah. And I did not save him and he is not lucky to have me. Right. Oh, thank you. Yes. (laughs) I wish. (laughs) I wish I, I knew a nicer way to say that to <laughs> everyone I meet mm-hmm. who says he's so lucky to have you. Usually mm-hmm. I just respond and say, we're the lucky ones. Yeah. Um, but the truth is he's not, he's not lucky yeah. to have me. Yeah. Um, and I wish that more people went into foster care and adoption without the pride of that savior complex. Yeah. Um, yeah. That being said, like there's such a need um, to be foster parents. And the system is, especially here in Washington state is really murky and difficult to navigate. And, um, it's really, really, really tough. So I would say, have your eyes open, learn all you can, because you're going to have to advocate your butt off (laughs) for your family, for kids coming into your home. And so build yourself up, learn everything you can and have a great support system before you even consider yeah. going into something like that.
0: And I will add one more thing. Go to therapy.
1: Go to, <laughs> like go to
0: therapy. It, right. Like anybody <laughs> who is considering foster care, that yeah. should be everything you just said plus therapy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's a lot of times more about you
0: mm-hmm. than it
1: really is anything else. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: good. Yeah. Okay. So then what would three resources be that you would recommend to, um, to our listeners who are parenting or maybe are a support system or however that looks, but three, three resources that can help
1: when we're doing this hard work. Um, I wrote these down, so I knew exactly how to yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the three things I would say, um, I took your class, making sense of your worth. Mm -hmm. Um, I took it from you twice and that is like easily one of the best things I have ever done, like for Mm -hmm. myself, but also as a parent, Mm -hmm. um, I want everyone I know to take it because it is so powerful. Mm -hmm. And I think that if we can make sense of our own worth and realize our own worth and our need for that, then we can look at our kids and recognize they are little humans. Yeah. They want to grow up with this strong worth in themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So that is my absolute. Oh, so good. I want okay. everyone to take that. Okay. Um, My next thing was, uh, it's a book called The Explosive Child. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I read that during our dark days. Yeah. Um, and when we were dealing with an explosive child all the time. Yeah. And, um, it's kind of an intense read, especially if you're walking through that season. But I think that that book for me really drove home a concept I already knew from TBRI, but really drove home that there is a behavior or there's a need behind every behavior. Yeah. So you're seeing something happening, be a detective. What is happening? What need is met and how can I meet it? So that's good. That one's a really good one. Um, the last thing, um, is a lot of times if I'm parenting and I'm feeling myself being short or stressed or whatever, um, doing a body scan, Jamie okay. Finn talks about these. She's like, close your eyes. If you can take a deep breath, examine, examine your body from top to bottom. Think about like, is my hair tied too tight?
0: Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: I have major sensory processing mm-hmm. disorders. Adult. Yeah. So, if my hair is too tight, it could ruin my whole day. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so examine yeah. within yourself. Like, um, is it is it too bright? Do I need to chew something or drink something or eat something? When's the last time I had protein? Is this shirt bothering me? Mm-hmm. Like, just kind of doing this body, body. Mm-hmm. in yourself, and it doesn't have to take long. You yeah. can do it in the midst of parenting, Um, and then I call. I call this turning off the noise pollution. And I just walk through my whole house and I turn off everything that is adding to the noise. Because I'm very sensitive to noise. Yeah. And I feel like my house has 5,000 fans somehow, (laughs) and they're all extremely loud. And so I just go around, I turn off the fans. Um, we have noise machines that stay on a lot of times. I'll turn those off. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll put some noise canceling headphones on. Um, maybe I'll turn off the dishwasher or the dryer or the washing machine or whatever it is. And I just bring down Quiet. the pollution. Yeah. yeah. And then typically I'm like, Oh, I can be yeah. a great right now. I feel yeah. great. Yeah, My socks were bothering me. My pants are bothering me. There's yeah. noise everywhere. Okay. Those are very solvable things that then can help me just be more patient and more present with
0: my kids. Yeah. I love that because honestly, we don't think about those things with ourselves. We think about them sometimes with our kids, like, yeah. Oh yeah, those are the socks you don't like because they have that weird string that bothers you. And okay, well, yes. you know, but we don't yes. think about that stuff with ourselves that we can also yeah. be overstimulated. Oh um, yeah. And so that's that's a good, good reminder.
1: Yes. Eli came up to me yesterday. He had these slippers on that are like little puppy dog slippers. It's so cute. And he walks up and he's like, Mom, can you please check tuck- the cut this tag out. <laughs> Only one has a tag. Why is that? <laughs> right. You're right, son. Yeah. yeah. And we just put it right back on yeah. without the tag. And he's like, I love things without tags. Yeah.
0: And you're like, same.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Me too. Little things. Uh huh. So. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Okay, well, Hannah, thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for having me, I really appreciate you being vulnerable and just, um, yeah, giving giving us some more insight into your journey because that ultimately can help someone else on their yeah. journey. So, yes, well, thank,
1: thank you. you so much. I love yes. your podcast. You're doing thank great you. my friend. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Yes. Okay, we'll have a great, super fabulous day yes cake day thank you. yes cake day <laughs>
1: <laughs> although not when
0: this airs because this oh, airs on a darn. Monday this airs on a Monday but four days till cake day <laughs> four days till cake day <laughs> all right see you later bye oh my goodness thank you so much for hanging in and listening to my conversation with Hannah I just love spending time with her and I think that I am not the only one that can say that she just makes you smile just listening to her talk um I'm excited that you get to meet another one of my real life friends next week, Julie Higley. Her and her family are adopting twins from the foster care system that have been in their home for several years and we thought by this point they would be adopted. But even though they are not quite there, it's close and I'm still including them in our national adoption series this month in November and I'm excited for you to hear from Julie. Okay, you guys, just one more quick reminder. If you could give me a quick, just take like three minutes and hop on and give me a rating or a review, or a review because that really does help people find me. Also, subscribe so that you don't miss an episode and share with a friend because sharing is caring. <laughs> okay, you guys, I will see you next week. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the holiday. And again, if you're not on my email list, hit hop on there because I've got great deals coming this weekend. Okay. See you next week with my conversation with Julie Hickley. I'm so excited that you found this podcast, and I hope you join me every week as you go through your own journey towards healing. One thing I truly believe in is that trauma awareness is so important to our future generations, and it starts with you.